Hello, and welcome to the Weight of Glory podcast. This is your host, Clayton Emmer. The idea of this podcast is to explore some of the writings of C.S. Lewis. I apologize for the long pause between podcast episodes. This past fall, uh, other priorities took precedence, including launching a mystagogy podcast for a good friend of mine, Barbara Nicolosi Harrington. I encourage you to check out this new podcast, by the way, which was initiated over the summer and will continue into 2024. I'll have a link in the show notes. I promise you that within the next few weeks, you will find new episodes here at The Weight of Glory. Kale Zeldin and I will be finishing up our discussion of The Abolition of Man. Today, however, in honor of the Christmas season, I'm reading a short essay by C.S. Lewis titled Xmas and Christmas, a lost chapter from Herodotus, which appears in the collection God in the Dock. And beyond this, there lies in the ocean, turned toward the west and north, the island of Neoturb, which Hecadius indeed declares to be the same size and shape as Sicily, but it is larger, though in calling it triangular, a man would not miss the mark. It is densely inhabited by men who wear clothes not very different from the other barbarians who occupy the northwestern parts of Europe, though they do not agree with them in language. These islanders, surpassing all the men of whom we know in patience and endurance, use the following customs. In the middle of winter, when fogs and rains most abound, they have a great festival, which they call Xmas, and for fifty days they prepare for it in the fashion I shall describe. First of all, every citizen is obliged to send to each of his friends and relations a square piece of hard paper, stamped with a picture, which, in their speech, is called an Xmas card. But the pictures represent birds sitting on branches, or trees with a dark green prickly leaf, or else men in such garments as the Neoturbians believe that their ancestors wore 200 years ago, riding in coaches such as their ancestors used, or houses with snow on their roofs. And the Neoturbians are unwilling to say what these pictures have to do with the festival, guarding, as I suppose, some sacred mystery. And, because all men must send these cards, the marketplace is filled with the crowd of those buying them, so that there is great labor and weariness. But having bought as many as they suppose to be sufficient, they return to their houses and find there the like cards which others have sent to them. And when they find cards from any to whom they also have sent cards, they throw them away and give thanks to the gods that this labor at least is over for another year. But when they find cards from any to whom they have not sent, then they beat their breasts and wail and utter curses against the sender, and, having sufficiently lamented their misfortune, they put on their boots again and go out in the fog and rain and buy a card for him also. And let this account suffice about Xmas cards. They also send gifts to one another, suffering the same things about the gifts as about the cards, or even worse. For every citizen has to guess the value of the gift which every friend will send to him, so that he may send one of equal value, whether he can afford it or not. And they buy as gifts for one another such things as no man ever bought for himself. 
For the sellers, understanding the custom, put forth all kinds of trumpery, and whatever, being useless and ridiculous, they have been unable to sell throughout the year, they now sell as an Xmas gift. And though the Nyaturbians profess themselves to lack sufficient necessary things, such as metal, leather, wood, and paper, yet an incredible quantity of these things is wasted every year, being made into the gifts. But during these fifty days, the oldest, poorest, and most miserable of the citizens put on false beards and red robes and walk about the marketplace, being disguised, in my opinion, as Kronos. And the sellers of gifts, no less than the purchasers, become pale and weary because of the crowds and the fog, so that any man who came into a Neoturbian city at this season would think some great public calamity had fallen on Neoturb. This fifty days of preparation is called, in their barbarian speech, the Xmas Rush. But when the day of the festival comes, then most of the citizens, being exhausted with the rush, lie in bed till noon. But in the evening, they eat five times as much supper as on other days, and, crowning themselves with crowns of paper, they become intoxicated. And on the day after Xmas, they are very grave, being internally disordered by the supper and the drinking, and reckoning how much they have spent on gifts and on the wine. For wine is so dear among the Neoturbians that a man must swallow the worth of a talent before he is well intoxicated. Such, then, are their customs about the Xmas. But the few among the Neoturbians have also a festival, separate and to themselves, called Christmas, which is on the same day as Xmas. And those who keep Christmas, doing the opposite to the majority of the Neoturbians, rise early on that day with shining faces and go before sunrise to certain temples where they partake of a sacred feast. And in most of the temples they set out images of a fair woman with a newborn child on her knees and certain animals and shepherds adoring the child. The reason of these images is given in a certain sacred story, which I know but do not repeat. But I myself conversed with a priest in one of these temples and asked him why they kept Christmas on the same day as Xmas, for it appeared to me inconvenient. But the priest replied, It is not lawful, O stranger, for us to change the date of Christmas. But would that Zeus would put it in the minds of the Neoturbians to keep Xmas at some other time, or not to keep it at all. For Xmas and the rush distract the minds even of the few from sacred things. And we indeed are glad that men should make merry at Christmas, but in Xmas there is no merriment left. And when I asked him why they endured the rush, he replied, It is, O stranger, a racket. Using, as I suppose, the words of some oracle, and speaking unintelligibly to me, for a racket is an instrument which the barbarians use in a game called tennis. But what Hecateus says, that Xmas and Christmas are the same, is not credible. For first, the pictures which are stamped on the Xmas cards have nothing to do with the sacred story which the priests tell about Christmas. And secondly, the most part of the Neoturbians, not believing the religion of the few, nevertheless send the gifts and cards and participate in the rush and drink, wearing paper caps. But it is not likely that men, 
even being barbarians, should suffer so many and great things in honor of a God they do not believe in. And now, enough about Neoturb. In the show notes for this episode, you'll find a link to the essay you just heard, as well as a link to a Christmas carol performed by Story Hill, with which I am concluding this Christmas episode. As we enter this holy season, I wish you and yours a blessed Christmas tide. Until next time, be well and God bless. Oh, you beneath life's crushing load, whose forms are bending low, who toil along the climbing way with painful steps and slow. Look now for glad and golden hours Come swiftly on the wing Come rest beside the weary road And hear the angels sing It came upon the midnight clear That glorious song of old From me on the earth goodwill to all from heaven's all gracious king the world in solemn stillness lay to hear the angels sing still through Skies they come with peaceful wings unfurled, and still their heavenly music floats over all the weary world. Above its sad and lowly plains, they bend on hovering wing, and ever o'er its babble sounds the blessed angel. Yeah.